All right. Morning, evening, afternoon, all. We are back with the Plug Live podcast, and tonight we are joined by the MVP of content creation from Twitter, Brian Carsoner. Brian, how are you doing today? Mark, absolute pleasure. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Like I'm a little upset it took till the the tour championship to get a nod um, on this pod. You know, you're always putting out great content. You had get great guests the last two weeks. I just hope I was kind of like the season finale. Like it, you wanted me on to end it. BK, um, this I'm is hoping like, that was the case. This is like saving the best for last. And that right? okay. I was, right, was going to turn up in a suit today and then I completely forgot to bring it off to my house in Dublin. But like, honest to God, I couldn't think of a better person to finish the season with. This is a, what a season. Like, first of all, let me just put my hands up. I have to congratulate somebody. I'd like to congratulate Tron Carr from no laying up and getting yeah. a photo with you. That must have been a massive achievement for him. It was great. I mean, like the only person, like, you know, when I go to golf events, like I'm hoping to like be recognized at least like 20 <laughs> times. Cause like, this is kind of my main demo and like, wasn't recognized one time. Like I was a little upset um, with myself. I thought that, you know, I pull up to these golf events and I'm just like swarmed with people, but that didn't happen. But we met Tron. We had a great time with Tron, had about like a 20 minute conversation with him. You know, I'm a no laying up fanboy. Um, he knows we've DM before he's retweeted my stuff. So we're boy. Like he knew when I pulled up, he's like, Oh, Brian, we've talked before. We had a great combo. So it was nice to meet the, the no laying up guys. Like, so if no one met their idol in meeting me, I'm glad I could, could meet mine with the no laying up guys. Yeah. Tr- tr- they're so good to listen to. Like after you listen to the Plug Live podcast and after you listen to Tap and Birdie, if you have never checked them out, <laughs> go check them out because, but like I was listening to their stuff today and we'll dive into it in a little bit, but they're such good takes and everything in golf and they're so deep into it. For like yeah. six guys who started off and they weren't really like that close of friends all of them, but, uh, no, that was cool. I you messaged me earlier saying, "Are you having a beer?" And I was very, very happy that I did that because I know you're very shy, very timid. You need a beer, to, yeah. Like, open yeah, listen up. up. Yeah, so <laughs> just a, a virtual cheers. I told you I'd have cheers. One. We couldn't be drinking more different beers. What are you drinking? Some cheers. lemony thing. It's a mango cart. I first got it at the tournament they were like and i was like oh i'm oh, trying this out they were really good and then i was like i'm getting finding this in delaware we went to a beer distributor i got an 18 we brought him back to long island um they're four <laughs> percent alcohol so like they keep me on my toes like i'm not gonna get too splashed <laughs> but i'm telling you if the last two drinks alcoholic drinks i'll ever have are like a glass of red wine and a guinness so I applaud you. Obviously, like you're a bloke, like you need to have Guinness. It's like a thing. But like, whatever happened to just like a good light beer? Like, I, I'm just a little bit confused, but it's fine. It's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying your Guinness. Yeah, it's gonna put me to sleep here in about an hour, so that'll do good. Um, all right. So, like you alluded to already, you're at the BMW Championship over the weekend. Did you enjoy it? Um, it was good. I I thought overall from a fan experience. It was a great tournament. Like the parking situation was fine. The shuttle situation was fine. The pricing for the beverages and everything was good. The There was a lot of bathrooms. The lines were good. The routing was like a little bit off, but almost at all PGA Tour events, there's some areas of the course that are kind of like secluded to each other. But what they had to switch the routing for like just the yardages. So it was off to begin with, but I think given the fact that it was not like a straight 18, like mm. how some would play it, I thought the routing was good and we got good seats all day. Like we were in good spots all day, even following the final group, even being in some of like the stands and stuff like we were on 17. So I thought it was a great place to hold a tournament. I wish there were more on the East coast, but I kind of sold my soul to the devil last week, willing Zal to victory. <laughs> so I get there and we like, we get there exactly at 1145, like for Zalatoris' tea time. I see him walk to two tea box. Like I snap a pick. Like 
I'm there with him. Like, makes a nice par on two. On three, par five. Um, driver in the right rough, and I'm, like, right there. Like, looking at him. Like, he hits the shot. Makes birdie. And then he goes on to 4T. I'm right behind the T. I, I tweeted that great picture. I'm right behind him on 4T. And he's kind of, like, four. He's kind of, like, stretching. I'm like, all right, like, whatever. Rips the drive, and it's just, like, cannot move his back, like, immediately to the caddy, like, my back. And I'm like, oh, wait, what just, like, what just happened? And then it withdraws, like, before the next hole. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it was kind of a tough thing to see, but at the end of the day, you know, he still won. You know, he still won me a lot of money. It was a community win. So if I had to go through that for him to, you know, withdraw wide in front of my eyes, you know, that that was worth it. That was that was a fine trade-off. Yeah, you are the work of the devil. Um, so you you obviously you won a lot of money on him at the St. Jude. And then last yes. week you went back to the well and you decided I'm gonna go that horse again. <laughs> and yeah, you this went, is and Cam Young as well. Yeah, so this is this is basically like part of, of content where like it becomes like a gray line. Like I bet Zalatoris more so like for the content, like more just saying he's going to go back to back, like versus me actually being like, yeah, he's going to win this week. Like it was more like, yeah, Zal's my boy. Like it was like a respect bet. Like after last week, like you just got to go right back. That wasn't like a really good betting strategy, but you know, no regrets. It's fine. Um, and then my other guy in the mix was Cam Young, who on Friday looked unbelievable darts on every single hole, hitting a bunch of fairways, like playing really well. I'm like, all right, like we're, we're doing this. Get there. Um, first, like six holes. Cause I was kind of out and about, like I, I watched him play two holes. He made bogey on both. And then on all the other holes he played, he was two under. So I didn't see him make a single birdie all weekend. And I followed him for like, more than 18 holes. So there was just some like weird energy around me over the weekend. <laughs> and you know, that's fine. You know, you can't have it all. All right. Yeah. From so, a betting perspective, not great. If, if you're going to, let's say you want to do this again and you want to go watch the tournament, you're like, listen, I'm going to put the BK jinx on somebody here. Who are you going straight up to the train well, jinx them? I don't know if. Like, I don't know if it it's, like, an all-encompass. Like, I don't know if next year at the Travelers um, I'm going to, you know, have some bad juju around me. Like, it might have just been a one-off in Delaware, fluke too close to the sun um, last week. But, you know, I was following Rom for a little bit. Um, you know, he's not my best boy. You know, I don't love Rombo. But he was playing really great when I was following him. And then, you know, towards the final at the end, we we're watching Cantley. He went on to win. So I think it's, I, I really have to, like, I, you can't fake a jinx. Like, I have to have a lot of money on you. Um, and that's when you're going to have to to fall. And so mm. it, it's okay. You know, we're over it. We're, we're able to lose some money. Uh, but it would have been nice to have a guy in the mix, but it was nice to just go, uh, go some, see some PGA Tour players in the flesh. I'm just happy you won't be banned anytime soon. If you're the yeah, no. you want to jinx. I was Absolutely. worried. Absolutely. Don't even worry about it. It will be totally fine. I was thinking if the VK ever comes over for the Open Championship, he might not be able to get in. But I'm good. I'm happy to hear that. We did have a Patrick Cantley winner, um, which was very impressive. Like five out of his last eight wins have come on, on bent grass greens. He like. Did you see the putt that he missed on Saturday? Like little two four. Yeah, he missed. He, I think someone put out a stat that he was like the first person to shoot a sixty-five or better, missing three putts within three feet. So whatever, like oh, Scott Stallings missed a few. Xander missed a few. Scotty missed a few. Like Xander could have won that tournament by four strokes. Um, obviously, that's not how golf works, but he definitely left a few shorties um, out there and still mm. was able to win, which we don't see a lot. Yeah. So. Just jumping back to the Patrick Cantley thing, I've obviously been listening to him, Birdie, and you've been going on speaking a bit about like how the players that have been winning PGA Tour events have been coming in in red hot form recently. Yeah, and that's so true. Like, and honestly, I don't know when we're going to get a winner above like thirty to one again. No, so, it, it it is really true, and even if you kind of trace it back to some of the longer shot winners we saw 
over the summer, like JT Poston, for example, that wanted about like 50, 60, some even higher prices. T2 at the Travelers um, the weekend before. Um, you know, Zalatoris wasn't playing unbelievable. He was still playing well, but it seems to be the case. And it sounds so obvious, uh, but I think it's a thing to kind of be wary of next year is to really, really target the guys that are just coming in with blistering hot form and just play them. And that was my rationale for betting Cantley at the St. Jude. I was like, yeah, this guy literally is a walking top five has been playing unbelievable and he hasn't gotten his big win yet. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'll bet him this week. Um, you know, I should have waited a week and the same rationale could have been used. Said this guy's been unbelievable. He's been top fiving every single week. He's back on bent grass. Um, he seems to kind of fit every single course and he goes and wins. So I, like, I think it factors in this week, but I think towards the end of the year, you just play the guys in the best form that are playing well. And it seems obvious, but I think it really showed how important it is um, this summer and over the past two weeks. Yeah. So oh, Patrick, Patrick County is just like one of these players I can't get on top of. But I understand the big appeal of it from a betting perspective because he's so well-rounded. Like this week he goes out and he's four strokes off the tee, five strokes on approach, nine ball strike, and eight tee to green. He gains two strokes. But he's just so solid all around yeah. the game. And from a betting perspective, he makes so much sense in the world. One person that did catch my eye over the weekend was John Ram because yeah. you alluded to him earlier. But over the weekend, he gained the most strokes total. He is the best performance over the Saturday, Sunday. I just don't really know what to do with Rambo right now. He's a uh, he's going through a good like good run of form, but like he's not getting these wins. And Andy's always Andy Lack's always alluding to the fact that he's been one of the best drivers on tour. This is like one of the best driving seasons ever for a player, and he just can't pick up that win. He loses two strokes in approach, 0.9, almost one stroke around the green. He just can't put it together for four rounds at the moment, and. It's pretty sick. Yeah, no, I mean, when, I mean, I, I want to ask you, I mean, I think it's, you know, barring nothing happens at the Tour Championship, but I think the debate of who um, had a more disappointing season in Colin versus Rom is a real debate. You know, Rom has one win, easily like the hardest, easily like the worst event he could have won the Mexico open. And then he gets no other wins and he has no real contention in any major. And then you have Colin Morikawa who came off an unbelievable season. So I think Rams was more disappointing because Collins was just so unsustainable last year winning two majors, but it's been a disappointing season for sure for Rombo. And I think it's also another disappointing season for Collins. So who, who do you think had the, the more disappointing season from those two? To me, I think it's I think it's Colin. And yep. he, he starts off the season, he's second at CJ Cup, and then he comes in January, he's fifth at the century, second at the Genesis, ninth at the match play, fifth at the Masters. And just the last few weeks when you're coming into these like after the Masters, he's coming into this like the big tournaments of the season, and he just can't go and get that PGA tour win. Like to be like his best finish was a fifth, and after a fifth at the US Open, his next best finish was a T26 at the RBC. And this is the time that you want to be peaking. Yeah. And to me, that's and Colin Morikow was like this new kid, like oh, he's not new anymore, but he was this new kid around the block, and he's gonna win four times every single year. And for him just to have like not one only one top 25 finish in like the last four months is like I'm like, what are we doing here? And the putter, we keep speaking about the putter and it's so bad and it's so bad and he loses strokes putting in five out of his last seven tournaments and sometimes he spikes. He hasn't spiked. The best spike he has was at the US Open where he finished T5, gained almost five strokes putting. But like, he just hasn't spiked and that's that's my personal issue with Colin. So yeah. I've been waiting all year from him. And he's got to like 35 to one at some courses as the like, defending open champion and he just can't get it going. Yeah, I think that we were a little bit spoiled last year with just how well he played and how many times he won or was in contention. And it was probably a little bit unsustainable. Um, but, you know, it's okay. I, I'm sure they are both the biggest bounce back candidates. And between them, they'll probably have four or five wins um, this upcoming season, or they're just fucked forever. You know, we don't know. You know, they could have peaked. 
Mm. The last one I want to go to, just because it was such a, a funny kind of moment, is the Jordan Speed incident in the bunker. <laughs> that, like, he is... Get, actually, just do this for me. To give me your top three players in terms of, like, your favorite players. Um, we'll go Zal. Um, like, it would have been Cam Smith, but, like, not <laughs> Cam Smith. Um anymore you know i like cantley i do i do like cantley i like how he you know acts and mm. then um you know you know i'll go kh lee for my third love love me some kh okay so my number one is in between rory and speed i but like rory just from like a genuine perspective is just like the nicest yeah. person in the world he released yep. the pj tour makes that video and he's such a great leader in the way that he speaks with fans he doesn't rush, and I tweeted this out the other day, he doesn't rush into answers, and he always gives a genuine opinion on whatever somebody asks him about. Speed from a content perspective. Speed yeah, is like the PGA good. Tour version of you. Yeah, like, I would say that's <laughs> good. That's that's funny. You, you like He would go with Gorilla, and you could just mic them up, and it, people always tweet, like, you don't need commentators to speak because the two yeah. of them are so... And Speed's hitting this stupid shot out of the bunker. Maybe it wasn't stupid, and he's like, I'm either going to be short of the war, I'm going to be on the green. There's no in between. <laughs> Greta's like this one's on you, or Speed's like this one's on me. Like, uh, he he's the best. I think my third favorite would probably be Hovland. Um, yeah, I'm just constantly and, constantly rooting for him. And the, the thing about Speed is that like he was tied for the lead at that moment. Like he was like in contention. Like it's fine if like he is like you know a couple of, like if he was like t34 in that moment like whatever but like he basically had like the tournament on the line and like he played absolutely horrible after it but the best line was Grello just being like i think this is like a tuesday or wednesday shot um but like not in a tournament that like you're leading and that just shows how little power caddies have sometimes mm. where they can't talk their golfer off a shot like Grell, that is the most you will hear a caddy talk a golfer off a shot and he still couldn't do it <laughs> oh i love him so much all right uh we'll move on here so we're not going to spend the whole thing talking about last week but there was some news coming out today that you tweeted earlier there's been a bit of a u-turn with the live golfers yeah so apparently now according to no laying up who are reporting that hideki Matsuyama, adam scott and walking neiman will now all be staying. But Cam Smith is obviously the obvious one that's probably still going to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I think me and you are in complete agreement on this. Hideki staying is one of the biggest wins that the PGA yeah. Tour will get this season, if not the biggest. Like We think of it as in, like, oh, Hideki Matsuyama, he's an Asian golfer. The appeal he has to golfers in Japan and in Asia in total, he wins the, master, he wins the Masters, he is like a superstar out there. He is like the Tiger Woods to Asian golf. That's that's yes. a hyperbole, but like in general, in generally speaking, he is massive. What's your what's your thoughts on Hideki staying or? Like, I mean, I hope it's completely true, but I know that like No Lang Up has really close connections with the tour, and it seems to be lockstep that. Hideki is committed to the PGA Tour, which would be unbelievable. So, like, him staying, and then let's say Adam Scott, who was in the meeting, it's reported now he was in the meeting, he's had a really good run, and then we have Joaquin Neiman, who was also in this meeting. If none of them go, like, I just don't see, like, who is the big name that Liv is getting? Like, there was supposed to be such a massive exodus after the FedEx cup or after the president's cup. And I think everyone was kind of factoring that in when they were thinking about live is that, okay, they're going to get Decky. They're going to get Neiman. They might get Mito. Like they're going to get Adam Scott. Like now if they get none of those, it's just like, okay. So like the PGA tour is basically the same without Cam Smith, because I think most people are totally fine with Bryson DJ um, and Reed, you know, Going over and Brooks, like going over. I, I don't think they're doing any disservice leaving the PGA Tour, given the fact that we've had people take their place and more with golfers like Cam Young, 
um, Will Zalatoris, you know, Davis Riley, um, you know, Sahith. Like, there's just a lot of golfers that have taken their place and more. And I don't think anyone's looking at this tour championship and be like, oh, I feel like something's lacking here. Like, there's not enough good. Like, no, it, like, if you showed us that last year before Liv was even a thing, no one would bat an eye. Really. Mm. So I think that if they, if everyone can stay, if they lose like Leishman or whatever, but if Decky and Neiman and Scott stay, Scott can go. I, I don't think it's that big a deal, but um, yeah. Well, if he I, does, if he does stay, that's like throwing a middle finger out to Mark Leishman and Cam Smith saying, Hey, you go ruin your reputation. I'm going to stay yeah. here. So I'm going to do what's right. And like yeah. he, he is the one person that plays a limited schedule year in, year out. And he won't yeah. be the one person that everybody would say he's getting past it. Maybe he's like a little bit more entitled to go than maybe a Cameron Smith. For Adam Scott to stay and turn around to his fellow countryman and say, no, I'm staying, is massive. I think what you mentioned there, like the other point about it is these golfers leaving have made themselves made themselves so unbearable by leaving that it is literally a good riddance to you. Like, yeah. Get out of our tour. Ian Poulter tweeted over the weekend, and I replied to him this morning, that, oh, the European tour won't give me media rights. And it's like, like the contract that they signed says you're not allowed to go and interview with anybody else unless we give you permission. You're not allowed to wear... You're basically not allowed to wear clothes unless they say, yeah, you can go wear clothes to these events. It's like, They've become the most intolerable bunch of golfers and like now they're suing their counterparts they used to play with and on team events and everything with. Like nobody, you're exactly right in what you're saying. Nobody is turning around and saying, "Geez, I wish Bryson was at this event." Which, like, you're out. You're suing. Like they're not suing, but some of them are suing. You're out. Good luck. We will not miss you whatsoever. The PGA Tour is actually in a better state than it was before because the people on the PGA Tour now want to genuinely be there. So, I, I'm just I'm. <laughs> Honestly, I sat down last Thursday and Friday and I was like, okay, there's no live news at the moment. It's actually might be one podcast where I don't have to speak, yeah. like, don't speak about it. But every week there's something coming out. And But Hideki, Scott and Neiman playing is so, such a huge W for Jay Monaghan and his team, who, to be honest, Jay Monaghan could probably be gone himself. Yeah. <laughs> the, the players probably should have a word with Jay Monaghan. And I have a, a bone to pick about that, but it's a, oh, the, I think the PGA Tour is actually in such a stronger position now than they were one week ago. If this is all true, what Nolan yeah. report and Alan Sh- Alan Shipnuck from the Firefield Collective report as well. So it all seems pretty sturdy. Anything else about Liv? Because I've been ranting on about it for about three weeks now. Yeah, I, I would say the other thing that I would say some people might have wrong is that like. This is the time to join. Like, live is like more people aren't going to join like a year from now. Like, this is the time. Live needs people to join now. Like, they might get Adam Scott in a year, but like, that's just way less likely. So, what happens after the President's Cup or after the FedEx Cup is massive. It's absolutely massive. So, if they don't go now, I, I think it's just really hurts live. And I, which is good, obviously, but yeah, I think this is the time to join. I don't think it's like, okay, well down the road, maybe like they'll get some more people. No, like the only race they're going to get more good players is if like people went this year, like those three, which hopefully doesn't happen. And two points to build on what you're saying there is like the, this hundred million or 200 million or whatever they're giving out, they're not going to give that to a player who joins next year after they've got a hundred players. So like, if you want to go, now is the time to go, like you're saying. And as well as that, live real like any good startup, they need to build up as much traction as they can from the start. Yeah. If they're if they're hitting a roadblock right now after just like Jay Martin declared it dead in February, and they're six months later, and they actually seem like they were actually starting to get on a bit of a roller coaster. And then Jay Mon or then the players have stopped going now, apparently. That's a massive loss for the live tour, and it just stops them dead in their tracks. But just speaking about Liv there, is there anything in particular that you like about Liv? Any aspects of No, this? like not not no. one. No. I, I like I genuinely don't like it's I think it's hard for most Gal fans to even watch it. Like and like sit down and like genuinely 
watch it. And I, I don't think it's like comparable, like to oh, the FedEx Cup is like just a money grab. Like, like you know, we could talk about you know what the PGA Tour proposing, but I, I don't even think that's worth bringing up because we really don't know how valid it is. But no, there's really nothing um, I like about live, and I think that. The biggest thing with people in our community is that people want a sport that they can bet on and that they can get good numbers on. And mm. you can't even do that on live. And mm. the winners seem so random. So even people that like want to support live are not enjoying it because the winners are random and, you know, any bet is like, five to like 12 to one, which sucks, which is why people don't like this week because the numbers aren't mm. good. So if people can't even bet on it and get good numbers on it and they don't care about the golfers, like people just aren't going to watch because there's just nothing there where I have no problem watching a PGA tour event that I don't have um, money on or don't have a guy in the mix because it's still entertaining and it feels like there's something there. So no, there's nothing I like about live. Okay. <laughs> Here's the one thing I do like about live is well actually two things one is quick off the top of my head is the coverage it's not perfect but it's only yeah. on youtube that's pretty good the one thing i do like about it is that i think could appeal not right now but in a few years is the team aspect whereby yeah. i just think it would be so sick if let's say the p i'm just saying imagine pga tour made a replica of what they're doing and they had rory and jt on the team and then another team there was like brooks and dj and bryson and like, like, I'd imagine a lot of people would be rooting for the Roy JT. And like, they're coming down the stretch, and it's like Roy and JT are against Bryson and Brooks in a stroke play event. And there's like the two other members of their team are against the other two members in the group behind. I think it'd be so fascinating just to be able to root for a team and sponsors get involved and franchises get involved and add that sponsor a team. I think that would be sick. And the one thing that's really appealed to me over the last few years is like Formula One. Like I know it's not a direct comparison that play, people can make, but Formula One is like has become so much interesting, more interesting because like if Verstappen and Perez who are teaming up together and they're making strat strategic decisions to try and like stop Hamilton getting out in front or this year start trying to stop Leclerc, and like imagine you had like JT and like I say Harrington was the captain and he said right listen we want to put Roy McIlroy and Justin Thomas out in the first group because we want to put these two players blah blah blah. I just think that could have massive potential if the PGA Tour ever adopted a model like that, even for just a few months, three months of the off off season or something like that. Um, yeah, that's that's my hate show and my honest opinion. But I don't think we need to dwell on that for too much longer. Something that we probably do need to dwell on is the FedEx Cup. Yeah, <laughs> because you messaged me earlier saying we need to talk about the FedEx Cup schedule. It's a shambles. I I don't know. I think that if Scotty Scheffler was not number one going into Eastlake, like I would say there's something wrong, but he is number one. And the point you made about Sep before, like there has to be like some extra points to um, the two playoff events. So for him to be the same, like going starting, um, number as guys that, yes, like JT had a great year. He has a win, bunch of top tens, but he played absolutely horrible in the two playoff events. Um, like Cam Smith, he withdrew from one and was top 10 in the other, had three wins. Yeah, he should be higher, but he withdrew from one. So I, I don't know. And then Cantley, you know, only he got, you know, that FedEx Cup win in the playoffs. So that's a lot of points. And he's had a really great season with only one, like, fake win, basically. So, looking at it, Sep is a clear outlier, but it's I'm glad he got a win, at least. Like, he shouldn't be in that position if he didn't get a win this year. But I, I don't think it's that bad. Like, I, I don't, like, their old system where there was no staggered start and people could win two things. Like, I don't think that works well. Scotty should be number one. Scotty should win. Like, if Scotty wins, then I think the system works. Okay, so <laughs> I, I I agree, right? I agree with that the leaderboard uh, step track is absolutely an outlier. My tweet earlier for anybody who's listening, 
Seb Strachow started minus four this week, having registered one win and four top tens from 32 starts this season. They'll have a one-stroke lead over the US Open and the PGA Champion and starts alongside the Open Champions, obviously Cameron Smith. Perfect format, smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> my my issue is that the stronger feels, like PGA Tour events get 500 points for a winner. The WGCs and Genesis and Yarnell Palmer and the Memorial get 550. And the, the majors get 600 and the players. I think there should be just way heavier weighting on the majors because yeah. they are they are the ones that matter. And by not giving them, I I think they should be the events that are maybe like quadruple points or something. That if you win yeah. those, then you're into the play because I I just don't like this idea that whatever steps track, but like you can like you, I'm not the format's changed, but like you could have played from October to December and attained a massive lead over. Um, anybody who is starting out their PGA Tour schedule in January, I I just I don't like it. I don't think this weekend is fun. Being honest, no, I think it's, it's not. It's like and but this this is the this is the thing. This is their big finale that they want to like tell people about. Listen, come watch the FedEx Cup. It's going to be an amazing journey, and we're going to we spent all season to get here, and and it's not perfect. But I just don't like this idea of a staggered start. I don't like people like Steps Stracker getting in. Ahead of the three three major cha- or two major champions and drawn with one, I don't I don't like it. This is and I read John's um, article earlier and he said that he thinks that if similar to what you're saying, if Scheffler wins, then I have no real issue with this because Scheffler was the best player all year. Yeah, but I I want a good tournament at the end of the season. I want to say, listen, these players fought tooth and nail to get here, and now, and I just I just don't think this gives us gives it to us. I was listening. I don't know if you listened to this, but the fried egg had a really, really interesting podcast out a few weeks ago with Joseph Amania. And he was saying something similar to this, but what he suggested was that the top eight players from like the FedEx Cup go to the tour championship and they do a straight out match play. Yeah, but <laughs> like, then like Scotty, who was easily the best player all season, like his season comes down to an 18 hole match. Like, well, but the thing is, like, the thing is, if Xander misses, if Xander misses or makes up, if he misses, yeah, putt, if he made the putt, if he made the putt, Cantley goes in as number one, yeah, because Cantley wins one to play. I just, I, I would much, much, much <laughs> prefer if we had eight players just go into the final and saying, listen, lads, this is an all-night brawl. Use, use eight at the top eight because then if you have eight players, you only have to win like four matches. Yeah, but I, I feel like it rewards Scotty more him having a two stroke lead over Cantley than I, I, I like don't, I don't like want... honestly, I would love to see Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantley play. Like it, the two best match play American players, in my opinion, are those two. Like to see them go at it in match play would be unbelievable, obviously. But I, I don't know if that's as fair as how well Scotty has played all year. And, like, let's not forget that he fucking missed the cut last week. Like, so I think that, like, like it should have never even been a question if he just made the cut, had a half-decent finish, like, and, you know, top 10, like, that's all I needed to do. So, I don't know. I, I think it's fine. Like, in terms of, like, actually betting on the tour championship and, like, from a viewing point, like, yeah, it's not great. But I don't know how, like, 156-man feel that anyone could win would be better. Like, I think that if it, it's great all year, like, I think the thing that about the PGA tour season is that we're diehard PGA tour fans. Like people who we interact with are diehard PGA tour fans. Like most casual fans don't care after the open championship, like after the open championship, like you have casual golf fans, I have casual golf fans. Like they don't care. Like mm-hmm. they don't care after the open championship. Like, the FedEx Cup, like, it's whatever to them. Like, for us, people that are following it every week and that are, like, paid and like to put out content to, like, put it out every week. Like, yeah, it sucks. Like, the last event of the season. Like, I- I'm with you there. Um, but I-, I don't know if there's a much better solution. My point is that we could make them care. Yeah. Like, I, I-, I love nothing more than when random people come up to me on the street and they- I know for a fact that they only watch the majors. And I have no issue with that. But I love when they come up and say, oh, what's happening on PGA Tour at the moment? Like we could get fa- fans more involved in this, and 
the point I'll put back to you is I've seen this argument multiple times on Twitter. It's like, imagine like an NFL team getting to the Super Bowl and you're saying, listen, we're going to give you a seven-shot start because you played the best this year. Yeah. There, there would be uproar. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't know. I think it's a little I think it's a little bit different. I think it's hard to compare it to football. Like I understand that point, but the point of the FedEx Cup is to like reward people for how well they've played all year. And that's different than other events because we've seen teams in other sports with the best record lose in the fucking first round. So I understand, but I, I don't think golf has to be like that. And if Cantley were to overcome a two-shot deficit to win with the season he's had, like, I guess, sure. But I don't – like, Scotty's not losing this week. Like, Scotty is winning. <laughs> like, I, not even, like, takes, whatever, blah, blah. Like, Scotty is winning the tour championship. He's not going to lose his two-stroke lead. Like, it's over. Like, they don't need to play. Like, Scotty is your winner. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I just get I get frustrated with this because I'll, I'll close it off here. Is that I don't really care what rewards fair. If I don't even know what the purse is this week. What is the purse? It could be like there's 18 million. For I think 18 to million to the winner. Yeah. But like, whatever. I don't know what it is in total. Let's say it's 40 million. Just off top of her head. Like, if you say eight players, the lowest that somebody's going to get paid is probably like three million. Like, yeah. If, but, like, from a fan's perspective, we could make this, and, and FedEx could make this an unbelievable viewing spectacle because the last 16 of like the WGC match play is like a thrilling watch because it's actually like. That that doesn't even matter that much, but this would be like to decide who is the FedEx Cup champion that season. I'm going with you, and we're going to play 18 holes um, every day, and we're going to by Sunday we're going to have a one v one. I just think it'd be such a bet, and I don't really yeah. care about rewarding. To me, if you make it to the last eight and you get a massive paycheck, that's rewarding the fit. That's rewarding the best player. Anyway. That's that's my closing argument on it. But um, I know people have different opinions, so that that's fair. And I respect your opinion, BK. You're you're a good guy. You're smart <laughs> when you want to be. <laughs> uh, but we do have a PGA Tour event to discuss this season or this week. It's um Tour Championship, which we have just alluded to. It's at Eastside Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia. Donna Ross designed with a Reese Jones redesigned in 2008, 2016. It's par 70, 7,348 yards. I'm not sure what I'm going to expect. One more thing. So this is obviously being played in Atlanta, Georgia. Do you think that the course should be moved around every year for the tour championship? Um, you know, I think it's an interesting question. I, I don't, I don't know. Andy was talking about it in his article that this course doesn't, you know, have a lot of variance to it. So that kind of defeats the purpose of a staggered start. You know, I could see that that makes sense. Um, you know, I think it's a fine course. You know, I don't think it's anything that blows anyone's socks off, but I think it's nice to have one stable course to finish it out at the end of the year where, you know, other people are talking about it. Like, there are three very different courses, so you have to be good at all three, basically, to, mm. you know, get it done. So, yeah, I think it's fine. As long as they move the other two ones, I think it's fine, but – I think that it's at St. Jude next year. So there's only going to be one different one. Mm. Yeah. See, the one thing I always hear about, and I, this doesn't bother me in the slightest, but like the one thing I always hear about is like how the PGA Tour focuses on like certain small regions within America and they never move it around to try and grow it. Yeah. The hashtag grow the game. I was just interested to get your perspective from like a person who obviously lives in New York and just to see what you think about. It's like, yeah, like I would like more than one event on the East coast. Like it's nice that the BMW championship was there, but there's just so many markets and everything. Mm. Uh, but I think it's fine um, to have, um, you know, it end at East Lake every year. I think it's a good place to end, but I think they could do a better job of moving, you know, the BMW championship around. And then also I think that they should move 
you know, the FedEx St. Jude around the first leg and have that reach different um, markets instead of it just being in Memphis, Tennessee um, every year. But, you know, I think East Lake is overall a, a pretty good spot to end it all. Interesting. All right. So we obviously go to East Lake. Um, we know this course pretty well. Is there any stats in particular that you're looking out for here? I, I do think, you know, looking, you know, Andy's article was great. Um, he pulled up a lot of quotes from players just being like, you absolutely have to be in the fairway to score here. So, again, I, I think that driving accuracy is going to be very important this week. I, I think that it is going to, like, if you have the ability to consistently hit fairways, I think it's going to be really advantageous. Um, and then again, with it being a par 70, only two par fives. So, you know, everyone's going to score on those. So that kind of evens the playing field. And then a really, really, really hard par three. So I think long iron play with some of the par fours are going to be big. We've seen a lot of great long iron players or long drivers play well here. So, yeah, I think fairway accuracy, long iron play, um, you know, I think those will be very um, important. But I think the fact that it's a staggered start, people think less like less about like course fit and like people are like, oh, like Xander's just good at Eastlake. Like there's like that's just people dive less into the stats this week, given uh, the fact that it's a staggered start. Mm, I get you. Andy did make some. <laughs> he definitely swerved my opinion in terms of my thoughts and driving accuracy importance. So that that was pretty interesting. I think so. I want to start like going through the field here because, from a better perspective, are you mainly focused on the shadow leaderboard or like the staggered? Standard? I think it, it's it's yeah. Like if you're betting this event, which like I'm not betting this heavy at all. Like I'll maybe make a couple plays. But I, I would bet the shadow leaderboard, like 1,000%. Like, last year, you look at what happened. You either could have bet, like, winner bets, like winner bets. You either could have bet Cantley to win at, like, plus 250, or you could have bet Rom to have the low score, which was probably, like, 10 to 1, or you could have bet um, Kevin Na at probably, like, 30, 40 to 1. To win. Obviously, mm. those were like chopped in half, but those are way more profitable and better odds bets than just betting the top guy to win. I personally, given this scenario, I don't think Scotty Scheffler is going to lose this week. I think that you give him a two-stroke lead on a course that he was second on the shadow leaderboard in his first appearance in 2020, so you factor that in that he's played well on this course. Scotty Scheffler is the ultimate par maker. He does not make a lot of bogeys. He does not make a lot of mistakes. That's why he's an amazing major player. Um, so you factor that in. He's a great long iron player. Um, has all the tools in the bag. I just don't see him losing this week. So, no, I think every single bet is a loser um, if you're betting with the shrimps. But, again, yeah, I think that Rory McIlroy – can't lay Xander like Rom, like they could absolutely all shoot, you know, minus 12, minus 13 over the weekend. And then you're in a position to catch a much larger bet um, than you were to if you bet them to win, which they're not going to because I just don't see Scotty falling back this week. So I think you got to figure out what Scotty's doing. And if you think that he's going to choke it up, which I think it's a horrible take, then yeah, maybe. But I, I do think that Scotty will come out victorious and you should bet the shadow leaderboard. Yeah, I was a bit more so I was a bit more hesitant about Scotty last week because uh FedEx St. Jude, he obviously seemed he missed the call, he seemed very unhappy with his putter. And we saw a little bit about that. We saw a little bit of that last week. Yeah. Which but like he still finished third in like one of the strongest fields that we get all yeah. year. Like he like he is just playing bad golf. But then last week he just picked it up. Like he went third missed cut, 21st missed cut in his last four starts. But I think last week he just he looked so good. Even though he was frustrated with his game, I still finished third. Imagine you give him a two-shot lead. Yeah. And you tell him go out and win this against Cantley, who's like two shots behind you. I think I think he has a good chance. In terms of the other players in the field, 
the person I'm going to go to is Xander, but yeah, I will mention Roy Mc Roy McIlroy because you do mention him there. His like his ball striking performance at the moment is like through the roof. He yeah. like like this last weekend. He's first off the tee. He's 14th in approach, sixth in around the green, first tee green, and he. He's like strokes game putting. He's fifty seventh, which is his like worst putting performance this season. And I was going through some of the stats. Like his ball striking has been insane for like the last few months since March. In thirteen events since March, he's gained like over five point seven strokes ball striking in eleven events. And he's like finishing the top fourteen here in four consecutive starts in the Tour Championship. But I just don't know what to do. Like because here, here's my take. We've seen so many great players get new caddies yeah. and win this season. Like Fee or and Scheffler. And I've always I've always been a Harry Diamond fan. But Roy McElroy's one win in 2022 has come when he had a new caddy on the back. And like I'm starting to think to myself. Rory needs a new caddy if he's ever gonna win the Masters. So and you're know out, you're out on Harry Diamond. I think so. All right. Okay. I mean, I know that's like a pretty pop. Like I know people, that's like a thing. Like people, again, I am not going to pretend to know as much and be as in the trenches with Rory as you and your fellow um, blokes. But I know that people aren't, don't love Harry Diamond. So yeah, he's never going to, He's the, Harry Diamond's here to stay. He's not going to switch his cat. Just don't want to get your hopes up. But yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, I know. Rory, like obviously Rory like hit the ball great last week and didn't putt well. You know, is that the first time that's happened in his career? No. Like, I think that's pretty on brand for Rory. Um, granted, I think that he's unbelievable at this course. I think Xander is unbelievable at this course. Like, this is the course that people think about Xander in. Like, mm -hmm. people are like, anytime it's like comps or whatever, it's like, oh, well, Xander's good at Eastlake. Like, this is Xander's place. You know, obviously did not play unbelievable yesterday, but, you know, still finished top three, whatever, playing well. Uh, average finish at um, the St. Jude had two wins earlier um, this summer. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I think people's best bets, and they're probably the two most obvious plays, but would be to bet Rory and Xander shadow leaderboard winner. Like, I just, I just think you cover yourself – if Scotty just goes out and wins, which he will, and they're most likely going to play really well this week. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there. That I think shadow leaderboard, and you're like, oh, you're not losing that many points. Mm. Like Rory's eleven to one um, to win, just like regularly, and on the shadow leaderboard, he's eight to one. Mm. Like, what's what's more likely to happen? Like. Rory loses by one or two to Scotty, who had a two stroke, who had a, I don't know, off the top of my head, like a four or five stroke advantage more. Yeah, I, I've lost to hear my sheep, but something, uh, he has a six shot advantage. Dude. But like Rory's like in behind the eight ball, he has to go after it. And like, yeah, his whole and he probably will, and it won't be enough. That's Even why Shadow Leaderboard is the bet. Yeah, him and Xander like share a house at the tour champion. Like, they, like this is their home. Yeah, this is um, their vibe. Like, this is where they come and shine. The one, the one thing about Xander is like I mentioned about Rory, uh, like being elite with the ball striking. In seven out of Xander's last nine starts, he's gained over seven strokes ball striking. Like he is, stri he's striking the ball yeah. great. But he's like doing what Rory needs to be doing. He's like gaining strokes with the putter in each of his last six starts as well. So like he just has it rolling on all fronts, except FedEx St. Jude, where he still like made the cut and finished T fifty seven. Yeah, and like he's coming to he's coming to East Lake having like a fifth, second, second, seventh, first in his last or like fifth, second, second in his last three starts. Yeah, like, Xander is the man to beat. What do you think of Willie Z's chances? No, absolutely do not play. Um, well. Like okay. like ab like no, I, he might not even tee it up. Like absolutely not. And he can't hit a fairway for his fucking life. No. Like, this is a horrible spot for Will. Like, him and Cam Smith, like, do not. Cam Smith, 
Like, if you want, like, oh, like, can you be inaccurate? Like, we're using the straw man argument here. Like, mm. you want to be, like, be inaccurate and play well here? Look at fucking Cam Smith's results here. They've been god-awful. He's, like, coming last every single time. They've been horrible here. He's the most inaccurate driver. Like, no, absolutely not. Cam Smith, Wilsey, all the way out on, like, do not, do not vibe with them this week. Okay, is there anybody that's if we're moving down towards like the middle of the leaderboard, is there anybody else that you're like considering? Like, and I don't mean considering um, there. You know, I'm not, I do like, I'm not going to sit here. Like, I don't have a bunch of like plays that I'm like super high on, but someone I do like this week, you can get him. Um, you know, top 10 without starting strokes at plus 200. Um, matchups, I emoji playing really good. Aaron Wise, yeah, like I'm all over Aaron Wise. Um, this week, just a very, very elite ball striker, like extremely accurate off the tee, extremely good long iron player. You know, average putter last week gained six strokes ball striking, gained 1.4 putting, 15th place finish. Um, you know, his first trip to um, Eastlake, um, I mm. think he's motivated. Um, I think that, you know, maybe again, shadow leaderboard, like someone like a Kevin Na that can just go out and score. I think it's Aaron Wise. He's not going to have to make a million birdies again. Just playing excellent golf. Give me Aaron Wise. Uh, I, he's my favorite longer shot play. Um, no starting strokes. Top ten matchup DFS. I really like Aaron Wise this week. Interesting. So if we're going in that far in the leaderboard, <laughs> one person who I thought I was out on. And I don't think I am as much anymore. Adam Scott is like two top five finishes in a row. Yeah, and play him. He's been good here before. Adam yeah. Scott's a hundred percent a play. Like, but like he's been like hitting the ball like decent. Like, I thought I was out on him because I was just like, I'm never going to bet Adam Scott because I, was, I don't trust him to go and get it done. And even like he hasn't got it done in the last two starts, but he's still playing well. And I think I have a sour taste for Mitch because, like, the, at the window, he finished 76, and I thought that was it. I thought you had a good chance there. Um, he's an interesting one there as well. I'm trying, like, you are 100% right. From a betting perspective, it's so hard to, like, pick out anybody because, like, they're all, like, the worst odds in the world and nobody's any clue what to do. Yeah. But uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm all in on Showfly, and I think I'm all in on Adam Scott. I Love it. Like, I, I like, there's, I don't see a world in which Xander, like, just shits the bit, like, this mm. week. Like, then every single podcaster should, like, stop because all, like, all, like, people correlate Xander and he's, like, so much. Like, this, mm. it's like, I've been saying I'm one and done all It's year. like Rory at Quail Hollow or, like, yeah. <laughs> Camp Champ at Augusta. Like, you just play them and you forget about it. So, yeah, Xander, He's a play this week, but um, I, I he's not gonna come back and win. He's mm. gonna have a shot at the shadow leaderboard. Like even I don't know, it might be my side, so I'm not gonna. But top um, five without starting strokes, Xander Shoffley plus one sixty. Like that's it's gonna it's gonna happen. Good. Yeah, and uh, what and the last thing I'm all in on is Harry Diamond needs to go. You but, gotta uh, you gotta talk to Andy about that, okay? Why does Andy not think so? No, but I remember ask Andy about it. I remember that Andy um said that he was kind of besmirching people that he didn't think that Harry Diamond could like go out and uh win a major with Rory. But that was but he said that Saturday night at the open, so you know that might change things might a little bit, but I I don't I don't know I know like is Harry Diamond like his boy, like his friend or something like yeah best friend best friend and Harry okay. Diamond like like 
good golf, like he's a good golfer. I think he played in championships or something with Rory when he was younger or something like this. But like, but like, I I went on a podcast last last summer and I stood up for Harry Diamond saying, "Lads, it's not Harry Diamond's issue." But then this year, like, we've just seen it with so many other players where they go and they switch their caddy, and I'm like, maybe Harry needs to go. Like, maybe he needs to go. Look, you know. Uh, I'm gonna do some research on this topic. I don't <laughs> know, but I know it's a thing. Like I know it's a thing that people have beef with H Diamond, and you know that might be a that might be a valid um, concern. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I do not have enough info to speak on the situation. But I, I feel as though um, if you've come or if you have gone that far away from Harry, then then I, I trust your judgment on it. I respect that. <laughs> All right, let's do this last thing. Hot or not? Now, okay. You're kind of lucky because you get like, top, like, you've only 30 players in the field and I'm like, it's top 10 to, I usually do top 20. My top 10 is too easy. Top 5 is too tough. Yeah. I don't want to give you a top 8. So you're just going to say top 10 or not and I'm going to give you the people from the bottom of the leaderboard and you say whether or not they're going to finish in the top 10 on the shadow leaderboard or not. Okay, on the shadow leaderboard. Okay, a lot of stipulations here. <laughs> All right, Corey Connors. Yeah, accurate driver. Sure. Max Homa. No. Scott Washed. Stallings. No. Sepp Straka. Yes. Sepp is low-key to play this week. Like, two-time winner on Bermuda grass. He's blessed to be playing this week. No, he's not. He won a PGA <laughs> Tour event. Like, Colin didn't win one. Ron basically didn't win one. Cam Young didn't win one. Fitzpatrick shouldn't have won one. Like, <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of guts to win. So. Okay, he's not best to be playing, but he's blessed to be starting minus four. But anyways, this is supposed to be like one minute. <laughs> Billy Horschel. No. Uh, Brian Harmon. Absolutely not. Adam Scott. No. Sahita Gala. He'll finish T15. Aaron Wise. Yes. KH Lee. No. Did I say Scott Stallings? You did. I said no. Okay. That's it. Uh, Billy Horschel's 175 to 1. On the shadow leaderboard? Yeah. Or on the regular leaderboard? No, right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought I was wrong. Well, my bad. He's actually 45 to 1. I was like, yeah, he's like 35 to 1. Yeah, but yeah, we, um, my friend who I was at the tournament with was like, Seb Straka shouldn't be 250 to one win the shadow leaderboard. Mm. And he's now down to uh, 130 to one. So we pounded that. So I'm hoping Seb Straka is last year's Kevin Na. You're moving the line, BK. <laughs> yeah, like who? Like Kevin Na, like fucking, like, Winner of the shadow leaderboard, like, does anyone miss Kevin Na? No, not a single <laughs> person misses Kevin Na. Like, why was he even in the tour championship last year? Like, no one cares. So, the PGA Tour is in a fine place. <laughs> oh, sick. Uh, BK, this has been a pleasure. Was Look it a, your... bl- a bloody good time, mate? Eh? <laughs> no, Absolutely. Like that. Absolutely we're, cracking. We're like a thousand miles away from there. We all, but anyways, come here, plug your stuff. Where can people find you? It's yeah, not, just, just, just to this, follow but. me on Twitter. Like, you'll probably laugh. Um, <laughs> like, TIB, Tuesdays at 8. Like, you know, just kind of, just kind of, I'm out and about, you know, having fun. And uh, I, I appreciate, you know, the contests and the content that you put out. Um, you know, you're you're a golf nut. I love that about you. And you you work really hard and you're a top bloke. So there's not really much more I could could want out of a friend. So I, I appreciate what you do for the industry. Oh, let's start shedding tears. <laughs> <laughs> uh BK, I appreciate that. Um just so people are aware, just before this stream, I tweeted saying we're going live. And uh, BK retweets it. He said, we're not going live until Mark gets to 1,000 followers. And what do you know? We we're s- on 1,003 followers right I now. I mean, we just, like, things change now. We like, have hit 1K. <laughs> like, things have changed. Like, you're a new man now. <laughs> oh, that's legendary. BK, listen, thanks so much for jumping on. 
thank er, thanks everybody for listening to the plug live podcast it's been a ton of fun and i'm sure we'll have you on again soon bk let's do it have me on for like the sanderson or something like that's <laughs> where i'm I, I have my my lines i think oh, i love it i love it all right bk chat soon all right